Fantastic. Um, thank you, everybody, for joining us uh, for a meeting of the Public Works Subcommittee of the Medford City Council. Um, Mr. Clerk, could you please call the roll? Uh, Councilor Falco. Present. Councilor Marks. Present. Chairman Bears. Present. Now I'm going to read this notice again, see if I do better this time. <laughs> Pursuant to Governor Baker's March 12th, 2020 order suspending certain provisions of the meeting law, General Law Chapter 30A, Section 18, and the Governor's March 15th, 2020 order imposing strict limitation on the number of people that may gather in one place, this meeting of the Medford City Council Public Works Subcommittee will be conducted via remote participation to the greatest extent possible. Specific information in the general guidelines for remote participation by members of the public and or parties with a right and or requirement to attend this meeting can be found on the City of Medford website at www.medfordma.org. For this meeting, members of the public who wish to listen or watch the meeting may do so by accessing the meeting link contained herein. No in-person attendance of members of the public will be permitted, but every effort will be made to ensure the public can adequately access the proceedings in real time by technological means. In the event that we are unable to do so despite best efforts, we will post on the City of Medford or Medford Community Media website an audio or video recording, transcript, or other comprehensive record of proceedings as soon as possible after the meeting. To participate outside of Zoom, please email aherdabees at medford-ma.gov. There will be a meeting of the Medford City Council Public Works Subcommittee via Zoom on Monday, March 8th, 21 at 6.30 p.m. The purpose of this meeting is to discuss Council Paper 20-573, the snow shoveling uh, ordinance. This committee has invited Chief of Staff Dave Rodriguez, Commissioner of Public Works Brian Karens, and Mass in Motion slash Community Transformation Coordinator Sarah McGivern to attend. For further aids, information, aids, and accommodations, contact the City Clerk at 781-393-2425. Thank you, everybody, for being here. Um, we were just in a housing subcommittee meeting, so sorry that we're a little bit late, uh, but we are doing a lot of good work, which is exciting. Um, so the last time we got together to discuss paper 20-573 was in October, um, and we had a little bit of a different committee at the time. We are now joined by Councillor John Falco, um, and President Caraviolo was on the committee last year. Um, so my thoughts for today is that I would give a quick summary of the meeting that we had in October, um, both for Councillor Falco and I think for all of us to remember what we talked about, um, and then discuss uh, where we go from here, um, looking in kind of three different areas around snow shoveling. Um, so I will start with a quick summary. Um, we met in October. Uh, we were joined by Commissioner Karens and many members of our DPW um, where we discussed, um, you know, the, the snow shoveling ordinance that exists, the proposed amendments, which I refiled uh, last fall, which were initially submitted by Mayor Burke in 2019. Um, and I framed it as, you know, making sure that we have equity and inclusion for all residents regarding snow shoveling and accessing streets and sidewalks after snow and ice events. Um, the DPW uh, presented on the work, the great work that they've been doing around clearing snow, um, focused, you know, talking about how focusing on the streets first and then on sidewalks. Um, talking about that, having we do have the equipment to do the to do the work. Um, and Steve Tanaglia mentioned that within 48 hours, more than 75% of the sidewalks that the city is responsible for are cleared, um, and that the city tries to help people uh, as much as possible in terms of opening corners and crosswalks after a snowstorm. Um, 
We also discussed, uh, Commissioner Karen specifically brought up some issues around timing and making sure, you know, that if a snowstorm ends at one or two in the morning, um, that, you know, residents do have the ample time to get out and clear the sidewalks that they are responsible for. Uh, we also discussed parking issues. Um, I believe there was a suggestion talking about bringing back odd and even parking for the winter and not just for snow emergencies, because there are many snowstorms that, you know, leave significant accumulation on the ground, but don't count as snow emergencies. Um, and uh, we spend a significant amount of time talking about the proposed ordinance and who is responsible, uh, changing who's responsible for uh, clearing sidewalks. Right now, the ordinance puts most of the onus on tenants. And we talked a lot about moving that over to property owners when it comes to fines, but doing that in a way where there's still a group effort and making sure that everyone can be involved in making sure that sidewalks actually do get cleared. Um, Councillor Marks discussed, mentioned a priority sidewalk list, and we did have a motion around a priority sidewalk list, which we're going we're gonna to follow up on later in the meeting. Um, and then we discussed responsibility for crosswalks and some concerns around, you know, if, if a crosswalk or a corner is plowed in, that's a huge burden um, for a residential, you know, for, for a residential property owner uh, to be constantly clearing that. So we talked about some uh, education and trying to maybe think about talking to plow drivers about how to keep some corners clear. Um, and then there were a couple of motions. Um, one again was Councillor Marks who moved into asking DPW and the city administration to come up with estimates on what it would cost to clear 10, 15 and 20 miles of sidewalks so that the committee can make an informed decision on a list of priority sidewalks. And that would be involving all the thoroughfares um, and focusing on connectivity with the schools. Um, and then we also, there was some discussion about seeing if the city solicitor or KP law um, had uh, language from other cities that might help Medford. Um, so that is a quick summary of where we were back in October. Um, I wanted to give the opportunity to my fellow counselors, Councillor Marks, especially if you wanted to add anything about our previous meeting before we move on to uh, talking about what we're going to be talking about tonight. No, I think you did a great job summarizing it. Great. Thank you. Um, so I kind of took a lot of these different topics that we talked about um, at our past meeting and that have come up around snow shoveling for a long time, I think, in our community into three categories. And I'm hoping we can kind of go through them one by one. The first one was uh, social awareness outreach. Um, so that was how are we making sure that residents are aware of the snow shoveling ordinance, that they're aware of the snow shoveling list that's been put together by the city. Um, another idea that was mentioned was creating model lease language for tenants. So talking about how to include these, the snow shoveling in leases with tenants. Um, and I wanted to take this time, we did get one update on this. Um, it came from Pamela Kelly at the, uh, you know, our director of elder affairs. Um, but I do know that Jackie Peaks was also involved in that. And it, it regarded uh, the telephone calls from seniors around the snow shoveling list and, and actions that the city is taking to improve that process. So I didn't know, Jackie, if you wanted to maybe talk a little bit about uh, the work that you've all been doing on that part of this.
Is that a no or? <laughs> Sorry, I just can't tell. It's freezing up. <laughs> Sorry, I think I hit the button at the same time you tried to unmute me. Um, thank you, um, Councilor Barris. Sure, I can um, reiterate a bit of what I think Pam Kelly had already said, but um, I know that in Surratt, we'll probably have even more than I do. Surratt is the main point of contact in getting residents um, actually signed up and um, going through the process to be put on that list. Um, but it, there are, I think, at least four different versions of the list that were published this winter. Um, the initial list after a round of public outreach, and then we knew that you know there were likely to be a much higher demand than we had available shovelers, and we knew that you know that first storm, those shovelers would get completely inundated. Um, so there was active outreach to add to that. And I think Sarah can correct me when I'm wrong, but by the fourth iteration, there were, I think, upwards of 14 shovelers on that list um, covering, you know, different areas of the city. Um, definitely know we, you know, would like to get even more if possible. So throughout the winter, I talked to Pam about the calls she was getting, um, connected with Sarah a bit, and we sort of agreed um, as the last iteration was a little bit later in the winter. And I'm knocking on wood that it's not going to snow any further. Um, but you know, the off season is sort of the best time to do some greater work around this because you're not rushing into um, trying to get you know things done where you could really sit with and see what it was like, what the needs were and, and target specific outreach. So um, I think that's where we're sort of looking is doing a, an after action, um, hopefully soon while we're still kind of in the sweet spot to understand what the questions were, um, how many, um, how many ideally we would like to have on list and how we need to do outreach to students or, uh, you know, Medford students and it look like. Um, so hopefully going into the next snow season, we'll have an even more robust list. But um, again, Sarah probably has even more um, knowledge on this than I do. She's been doing this much longer than I have. Great. Um, I will unmute you, Sarah, to talk about uh, the outreach work. Thanks, Councillor Bears. Yes, yeah, so this year, I guess I've, Walk Medford has been in, in existence since 2015, and I think we started coordinating this list around 2016 or 2017. The, the Senior Center did some version of it before that, um, and it was challenging um, for the past couple of years. It's really hard to get people on that list, um, but this year has been a lot better, partly because Jackie brought her expertise from Somerville and um, I don't know why she did some kind of magic to help. Um, but also um, the Are You Okay program has a lot of volunteers through the Board of Health. So we were able to reach out to a lot of volunteers and get people that way. And then I think just we've had better collaboration with the schools this year than ever before. So we were able to get a lot of students on the list. Um, so um, yeah, I'm not able to share my screen, but I did, um, the link is in the chat if you want to see the, the latest version of the list. You can click on that link and then scroll down about halfway down on that. Um, oh, there, there you go. Yeah, you can see it. Um, the list is a lot better than it has been in past years. And there's always a little bit of confusion about how the list works. Like seniors will call the Board of Health and ask to be on the list. But what this is is just a list of people who are for hire to shovel or plow and then a senior or a resident can call these people and make arrangements for the person to hire the person to come over and shovel their property. Um, and I don't typically get a lot of feedback from the shovelers about how things are going unless they want to be removed from the list. And I did get a couple calls this year 
people saying they're getting way too many phone calls and they can't handle all the calls. Like they were all filled up. So they wanted to be removed from the list and just keep the clients that they had in their neighborhood or on their street or whatever. Um, but generally I think that the communication between the sh shovelers and the residents works out pretty well. Um, we don't have a suggested price list um, because we don't want to get involved in that for liability reasons. But we do tell people that they can look at Somerville's suggested price list, which is fairly helpful. Um, what else? Does anyone have any questions? Any questions on this from uh, my fellow counselors? Not seeing any. So um, I will just say that I think. It, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Counselor Falco. Uh, oh, Sarai, thank you for all your hard work on this. I appreciate it. Um, and she had a good question. With regard to the shovelers and the students, do we find that, um, and I'm not sure if we track any of this, but uh, and Jackie, thank you as well. Um, do we find that certain parts of the community maybe are being uh, like underserved? Because do these students like live all in one section of the city? Or are they spread out? I'm just kind of curious. I, I didn't see addresses, so, or I, I looked at it really quick, so I didn't know if. Uh, do we track any of that? That's a good question. I think Pam would probably know better. Um, okay. I've it, said, it does say on there the areas that they're available for. Oh, does it? Okay. It's pretty well spread out. Um, I've, I've kind of been thinking about reaching out to all the shovelers at the end of the season and asking them if they had feedback for us so that's yeah. something that we could ask, like, which areas are they shoveling the most? But we don't really know the answer to that. Hey, Mom. It, that, I actually like the uh, the idea of um, – <laughs> no worries. <laughs> I, I definitely like the idea of, um, you know, following up just because I think it would be good to get their, you know, their uh, perspective as to, you know, what it, what it – you know, are they getting a lot of calls from parts of the city they don't live in? A lot of these kids, I know some of the kids on the list, they're, they're young, they don't have licenses. So they're probably, um, you know, going to only work in, you know, they're kind of maybe just in the neighborhood. Um, so, you know, it'd be nice to see if we could get that list to spread out a little bit more, if that's even possible. But it'd be good to probably just follow up with them just to kind of get their experience, get their perspective as to, what works, what doesn't work, are people calling them, are they getting overloaded with calls, that type of thing. Yeah, I was just gonna say, I know, um, I felt like this list was, was like so much better than the list we've had in previous years, but I think um, from Pam and um, the mayor's office um, perspective, like they want the list to be longer. So I'm getting the sense that there is more need for shoveling that than the people on the list are able to provide. Do they definitely get community service hours for this as well, or they do? Okay. I think that was waived this year though, anyways, the, the requirement, but anyway, that's irrelevant. Okay. Just curious, thank you. Great, any other uh, questions or comments um, on the outreach work that the city is doing at least to um, let people know that, you know, connect people with snow shoveling resources, especially seniors. All right. Um, yeah, and I agree with Martha's thumbs up. I think that this, um, that, the, that the work is going on, um, that things are improving uh, in terms of that outreach, which I think is great. Um, one of the things we talked about at our last meeting was a, a two-pronged approach. So 
It was, um, you know, if we're going to update the ordinance to ask property owners to take on a little bit more or um, look a little bit harder at enforcement, it's really important that the city is also um, putting its, you know, putting its work in to make sure that it's offering more resources and uh, helping residents uh, more. So this is, this is one piece of that. Um, and I appreciate the update, uh, Sarah and Jackie and Pam Kelly as well, who wrote us the the written update. The next um, kind of part of this conversation is around uh, city actions. And I think that's more you know, what the city is doing directly on snow removal. Um, one of those uh, items, you know, there's a few things that have been, that we talked about at the last meeting, um, you know, who, you know, the reports, complaints and assistance, making it clear how to access uh, all of that, um, you know, Plowing and snow removal practices. How are we, you know, how is it, can we find a balance, a different balance um, between the need to clear the roadways and, you know, avoiding dumping snow and ice on corner crosswalks? Um, and even there was a discussion with the understanding that it's much more expensive around snow removal. Um, and, you know, that, that was a difficult conversation. You know, it might be difficult for us to afford to do that, um, but it was discussed. And then uh, Councillor Marks put a, an action item on a motion that we asked um, DPW and the city administration to uh, come up with a list um, or a cost estimate around how much it would cost for us to clear priority sidewalks. Um, and I was wondering, Councillor Marks, if you wanted to say more about that before uh, we see if Commissioner Gens has an update for us. Uh, thank, thank you, Mr. Chairman. That was based on some research I did probably now some eight or nine months ago uh, relative to, I forget what state it was, but there was a, a local municipality that uh, coupled with uh, an ordinance similar to what's being proposed uh, here in the city uh, that they created a, a 20, 25 mile priority list uh, to have some connectivity throughout the community to uh, make sure that uh, anything greater, I believe they, their community was anything greater than three inches, uh, this contractor, because they subcontracted it out, would go out and uh, take care of uh, this priority sidewalk. And I just thought it was a great way of uh, connectivity throughout all our different neighborhoods, ensuring that our bus stops on many of the major roads are accessible to make sure that uh, the crossings on each street uh, on these thoroughfares are open and clear. And I just thought it was an effective way of at least uh, addressing, uh, you know, a major issue of connectivity and then uh, being able to reach out, as I know Jeff spoke about, and requiring that, you know, uh, residents, um, you know, pick up uh, some of the slack on their end and, uh, you know, address concerns uh, throughout the neighborhoods as well. So, uh, I thought, you know, it's great to have an ordinance, but if the city doesn't step up, and I thought this was a great way, you know, uh, the city just presented a $107 million capital plan, of which I think, you know, pedestrian safety, uh, to me, would be uh, in one of the uh, priority items uh, throughout the community. We hear all too often about pedestrian safety, um, and this would be a great request of this committee uh, to ask the city administration to make uh, as part of the capital plan, uh, a plan of uh, connectivity with priority sidewalks. And so I was hoping to hear from Mr. Karens tonight. Uh, I think we asked 
that they look into. I think it was uh, Councilor Caviello, uh, an RFR at the time. Uh, I don't know if we wanted to take it that far, but if we can get a ballpark figure on the cost of uh, doing 10, 15, or 20 miles of priority sidewalk in the community and um, you know what the benefit would be. Thank you, Councillor Marks. And I'd like to uh, go to Commissioner Karens and uh, see what we've been able to do. Oh, you are muted, Commissioner, sorry. All set now? Yes. Okay. Uh, good evening, uh, Councillors. Uh, uh, just a, a quick snapshot. Uh, first big study I was in December, December 14th. All right, we all know that. Uh, from that point on, we've had uh, in the city right now, all right, about 38 inches total uh, of uh, snow uh, so far this winter. All right, now as far as uh, sidewalk complaints, all right, we've been keeping track since January 1st, okay, which is every storm except for the December one. Uh, as far as unshoveled sidewalks in the city, uh, citywide, and uh, we've come up with a total of 63. All right, and 99% of them are all residential um, that have come in to uh, you know, the DPW or the mayor's office. Uh, and then we uh, you know, verify it. We send uh, the inspectors out from uh, the building department and they take uh, the appropriate action. Um, like I said, the majority of them are residential, um, but we're finding in a lot of cases going back to all right, you know, absentee landlords. All right, the uh, the uh, houses are rent or leased or whatever, and um, you know the the people that are in them say, hey, it's not part of my lease, and that's why I can't go park in my driveway. They won't allow me in the driveway when there's a snow emergency. So there's a whole a whole host of uh, things that, that go on um, on it. But uh, you know, like I said, all right, a total of sixty three. Now, uh, what we do is Steve and I put our heads together and the best approach okay, that we feel for the city that would make it, you might say, very equitable for the entire community right, is to focus in on uh, the arterials in the city. Those are the roads right, that are posted 12 months a year for street sweeping at night, but as well as right, this, you know, emergency arteries for uh, when... Uh, uh, a snow emergency occurs, all right? Uh, now, coming up with that, all right, we have 26.34 miles, all right, of arterials in the city, all right? That being said, multiply it by two. You have a sidewalk on each side. So it comes up to 52 miles of road, all right? But like I said, it's the posted roads. It's the it's the, the lifeblood of the city from all directions, either coming in or going out. All right. Um, okay, and that would be the best approach. All right. One thought, all right, Steve and I were having is to have an actual contract. I put it out to bid. Okay, with you know one year contract with an option or whatever's the best approach to get in. All right, you know some talented, qualified people with the right equipment. That's the next thing, all right? Uh, currently, we just use a small uh, half-ton, three-quarter-ton pickup trucks with plows for the streets, um, and they're on an as-needed basis, all right? 
In this particular case here, I, where it's a unique uh, function and unique piece of equipment required, but we actually want to have somebody locked in and that's obligated to it, all right? And right now, I mean, you know, we're hearing, right, depending on how worthwhile the contract is, it could be 125 an hour, 150 an hour, all right? It really all depends, all right, on, again, how many roads um, and also what would be required, all right? Normally, okay, something like this, it would be a, like a, a tractor, but we have various attachments depending on the snow depth. A snow blower, a V blade, a power reversible blade, the different type of attachments because our sidewalks do vary in size, right? As well as that, we would have to look at the insurance coverages. Keep in mind, a lot of people have retaining walls, chain link fences, and everything else on their property but abutting the sidewalk. Um, and you know it's conceivable some things can happen. So we are obviously would also want to protect ourselves right, for in the event something were to occur. Right? Um, but that's really the, the whole thing in a nutshell that would come to in addition to assisting us. Right? While we're doing one job, these contractors can do another job. I, um, you know, depending on what we agree upon as far as, you know, the type of snow, the snow depth and everything else. Thank you, Commissioner. I think that that was a super helpful start. And I see Councilor Marks with a question. Just a quick follow up, Brian, just yeah. when you mentioned arterial roads, uh, are we talking most of our major thoroughfares? So can you go through some of the roads just so I have oh, an understanding? Oh. Yeah, sure, Mike, no problem. Uh, okay, you know, uh, High, High Street, Main Street, Boston Ave, Willis Ave, George Street, Harvard Street, uh, I think, they say Riverside Ave, uh, Mystic Ave, uh, Winthrop Street, Lawrence Road. I mean, I can go on and on, Mike. Um, it's, you know, a fair no, that, that, That's helpful. So, so when I envisioned this originally, uh, it was most of just the major roads. So this, this would far exceed... My expectations, uh, which I think is the roads, Mike, that we also sweep on the AM shifts, actually starting April first. All right, again, we do one side one night and flip it over two nights later, and you know, we keep flip flopping. But these are the roads that we sweep at night. All right, in the uh, you know the good weather, and you know when a, a, a declared snow emergency has occurred, these are the first roads that are targeted. Uh, by Medford PD for enforcement. Right. So, so Brian, in your professional opinion, uh, if we were to hire a subcontractor, what would be the level of snow that we would uh, uh, hire a contractor for? You well, know, it's, inches. It's, okay. You know, real, realistically, you know, three or four inches, uh, Michael. But again, it depends on you know. The day of the week, the hour of the day, uh, you know, is it a back-to-back -back stomp? I mean, a lot of things would go into it, but I mean, if we're just strictly the first snowfall or whatever, you know, three or four inches, I would be, you know, the, the ideal, and then anything beyond that, as far as that depth could be managed by a contractor. I'm, I'm good for now, Councilor. Thank you, Councillor Marks. Um, Councillor Falco, do you have any, any questions at this point? I am good for now. Thank you. All right. I did have one question, Commissioner. Um, for, you know, 
bringing on a contractor to do this, you know, what do you think? Do you think we would get a lot of bids? Do you think it would be difficult to bring a contractor on to do this project? Well, it's 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 a, a uh, unique the unique uh, equipment, all right. And but at the same time, too, there are contractors I'm sure out there that if given um, you know, a contract of this size, this magnitude, um, you know, in if as long as any of the equipment that we're requiring, they can financially afford it, you know, I think they definitely would be uh, you know takers out there, all right. Um, and I say a contract. Different from the pickups that use on the street, only because it's a unique function with a unique piece of equipment, and you want to be able to have something that's, that is dependable and is yours for the city. You know, when, when you you know want to have them in. Great, thank you. And I see Councillor Falco. Yeah, uh, thank you, uh, Chairman Bears. Uh, Brian, just a quick question. So uh, back a few years ago, I had a resolution that the city buy like a sidewalk plow, and I know they did buy that. And I know that does go out and do sidewalks, but and I and I apologize, but this might be repetitive, but I'm new to the subcommittee. So when does that go out currently? So, for example, like that that big storm we had in December, does that go out after we do all the streets, or is someone actually working that right away? Yeah, no, that goes that goes out right afterwards because all right, the you know personnel that me and that okay, we're also manning sanders or plows doing the streets. All right. Uh, I mean, we don't wait till the last flake drops and then train, you know, when, when we think we can pull somebody off the streets, then we assign them, all right, to the, the machine and then they go off, all right, and, you know, start, uh, you know, cleaning the sidewalks. And does that, does that route have, like, does that plow, or the person that operates that plow, do they have a specific route that they cover after every storm? Yes, they do. They do. Okay. And is that basically all like the city-owned type properties? Uh, a, 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 a lot of it is, John. Uh, but you know, a lot of it is certain sections of the sidewalk. We'll say like the sidewalk are you know leading up to uh, the high school. Yep. Uh, where you got the walkers. I, I mean that that is of course obviously the, uh, you know an arterial, but we do do a stretch of that right, for the walkers, but also I, for these kids when they take the MBJ bus either to or from, um, you know, we do uh, Ring Road, um, you know, uh, Hassett Drive out here. I mean, there are different roads within the city, but also, too, all right, we do right, the, the parks as well after the storm, not immediately right after, but in days leading up to, I mean, we, we got the walking paths and everything else, um, you know, that's also added to, to the list. Um, there's probably, you know, I, I, I venture to say right now, maybe about 50 areas of assignment that machine is given. Uh, and as the personnel frees up uh, and gets rested up, you know, they go out in the machine and, you know, either, you know, they flip-flop uh, operators and just uh, continue uh, mopping up. Okay. It's, it's the same guys in those plows that are driving that machine. Okay. Thank you very much, Brian. Appreciate it. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Councillor Falco. Thank you. Um, any questions from councillors before I open it up to members of the public on this topic? Mr. Chair? Yes, Councillor. I was just wondering if Brian had a, 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 the chance to uh, figure out what the cost would be. Have you had any discussions, Brian? 
Yeah, okay, you're talking, you know, 125, 150 an hour, opposed to what we're currently paying for a pickup truck, which is 80. Uh, but again, if we were to you know, put it out to a, to a bid, there's a good possibility, uh, you know, we could even get that cost down. But it'd be 125, 150 an hour from the time they arrive, you know, in the city or, you know, their first assignment and, you know, continues on from there. So, so just if I can put that in perspective, so just say we had five inches of snow, what would that cost us to clear 52 miles of price sidewalk in the city? You're, pro you're, you're probably talking, uh, you know, it's, I would have to say, all right, it's at least, you know, all these roads here, it's at least eight hours. Because you're doing both sides of the road, slow speed. Uh, on, on each of them. It isn't like you know, you're traveling you know, 25, 30 miles an hour. I mean, you're talking an eight-hour gig, right? Uh, so eight hours at roughly $150? Yeah. Yep. That, that, that's that's sign them tomorrow. That, okay. that, sounds, that sounds unbelievable. But, but, but again, all right, you know, these are numbers right, without the, 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 the complete picture. Like I said, if we put it out to bid, it could come in a lot more. I don't think it will. Uh, I mean, if, if, if there's a contractor or a company out there that has a guaranteed contract with us as long as it snows, I think, okay, some people could shop in their pencil. Well, Mr. Chair, I think what we have to do, and maybe by our next meeting, have some firm figures in front of us on what the uh, cost would be. Uh, and then Brian mentioned insurance cost and other associated costs. And, and maybe if we can get an itemized list of what the cost would be. And then as a subcommittee, uh, you know, approach the administration and let them know, uh, you know, what our findings are. And, um, you know, uh, I, I guess we could do it a number of different ways if we wanted to incorporate this within an ordinance or if we just want to request that the city administration um, review an RFR. And, you know, we can, we can tackle this a number of ways. Yes. And, and I, I completely agree. I mean, it sounds to me, you know, if we're talking and I'm just doing back of the napkin math, a thousand dollars for a five inch storm, then, you know, if we're 50 inches, then we'd be talking about $10,000 a year, which, you know, I was thinking the numbers would be much higher than that as well. Councilor me, me, all, me also. I'm very surprised and actually very excited to hear that, if that is indeed the case, uh, we, we uh, you know, I think it's something that we definitely need to uh, move forward with. Uh, Councillor Falco. If I may, that eight hours, is that if you had, uh, is that just one crew working? Would you have to have like multiple crews working? You know, if you have 50 miles of sidewalk, I, I assume you're not just having one person do it. You probably have like, Five crews, am I correct? Or? Okay, yeah, in order, in order to accomplish what we want to here, John, obviously in a timely fashion, all right, we probably have this broken out all right, to two, possibly three machines okay. during a storm, and we'll break the city up into sections, all right? Okay. That wouldn't be just for one machine, you know, eight hours, no. I mean, I'd like to know who the driver would be, all right, to do these roads, you know, uh, thoroughly uh, within uh, the eight hours. Now, keep in mind, all right, you know, we just mentioned, that's on a, a four-inch stop. Now, if we're talking like what we got back in uh, the middle of December, all right, which I think was like, you know, any, I think it was like 12 or 13 inches, all right, it's going to be very slow, very time-consuming, and, you know, it's going to be a lot more time 
uh, to uh, accomplish what we want uh, because obviously uh, they, you know, they're going to be, you know, going very, very slow trying to move along to, you know, uh, move the snow out of the way. I would not want them in here per se in the height of a storm. Just keep in mind, all right, where the trucks are out there plowing the streets, they're pushing it back into the, the curb lines and potentially the sidewalks as well and the driveway aprons. I, you know, I wouldn't want them fighting with the snow plows. All right, we get the roads open first, as and then as we know, we scale back and we usually can gauge our timing pretty well with all these different events. That's when we have them come in and start the, you know, start the sidewalks. Okay. So that, that kind of helps with the math. So that that eight hours times 150 is if you had one crew. But you multiply that times three or four or five if you broke up the city into sections. Exactly. Exactly. Because keep in mind, uh, you know, we want to do it in a timely manner. Uh, you know, we don't want to take three or four days to do the whole city. Uh, because we want to get out there so that way the people can get back out there, right, you know, with their lives. Um, and, you know, like I said, effectively, uh, you're probably talking uh, with this list that I have here, you know, three machines, um, you know, for no matter really what the snow depth is, it's just a question of the time. Would another way of looking at it be if you had, so right now, the person that goes out on the sidewalk plow, they don't do all the arterials. They basically do those primary city locations, um, I guess, or, or close to schools. So if you had a firm come in, you know, when you gave them a defined route, because the way you described it earlier, it sounds like they're doing probably maybe more than they have to do. Am I correct? Well, it, it, it really, I mean, you can look at it different ways, uh, John, but I uh, keep in mind, I, uh, that we'll say like a lot of our parks will have sidewalks around them, right? Mm -hmm. We have to be as much responsible for our sidewalks as the residents. So, the, you know, this, the machine that we have right, goes, you know, around the perimeter of a lot of these parks. Yeah. Have, um, and, and everything. And like I said, it's, it's, you know, it's really dedicated to, uh, the, the primary responsibilities of, uh, you know, of, you know, what we have for snow and ice for uh, city property. Um, you know, does it do public property? Some, but very little because the list of it that we have is quite extensive. Mm. Okay. No, I, I mean, the bottom line is you want to make sure that we're, do, we're doing everything we're responsible to do all the public, you know, everything that's, you know, um, you know, uh, around the parks, around the schools, that type of thing. I mean, I, I um, you know, that, that's the, the biggest thing for me. And making sure, of course, you know, I, I know as a former member of the school committee, I got calls all the time with regards to people that didn't shovel, shovel their sidewalks and live near schools. And the last thing you want to see is, you know, a young kid walking out of the street because someone's not plowing their sidewalk. So um, I understand where you're coming from. And, and I thank you very much for your, your, your time. Oh, you're Thanks, Councilor Pierce. Thank you. Um, and I know Jeff Buxbaum has had his hand up for a while on this, so I'm going to unmute you, Jeff, and if you give us your name and address for the record. Thank you, Councilor Bears. Jeff Buxbaum, 31 Hillcroft Park. Um, I, I, I think the ask from the council last time was what the cost would be, so it's good to hear uh, Brian Karens talk about some of the specifics, but I'm guessing what you guys need in order to sort of think about decisions is like what would be a typical cost for a season? 
you know, how much would it cost to do? I think what Councillor Marks had asked was, you know, 10, 15, 20 miles of the, of the city and how much would it cost? And I'm assuming that would, what would be useful is, well, what's it going to cost us for a major snowstorm? And what would this cost us over three or four months of the winter? So, um, but, but and, and since we don't have that today, I, I guess I would ask that we kind of keep this in the back of our minds, but that none of this really affects the ordinance, which is going to be trying to get people to shovel or, shy, shovel or sidewalks. And if we manage to be able to come back around and say, okay, well, some people don't have to because the city's going to say we're going to do it, then we somehow make an adjustment after that. So I, I guess that's my suggestion for that. And then finally, Let's not forget about the corners. I mean, the corners is the place where I know there was pushback when we had this discussion last time. So whether the city is gonna take on doing the corners or we're gonna somehow build into the ordinance very strongly that we're gonna have the homeowners that abut the corners do it. And we just need to think out how we wanna do that. So that's all I have to say. Thank you, Jeff. Um, and I, I tend to agree with Jeff um, that we should should move into the into the ordinance, you know, kind of the enforcement structure and practices. Um, but I do want to ask, you know, Commissioner Karens, um, do you think it would be possible? I guess, how do you think it would be best? We could best get an estimate around what this might cost for an average year and what it might cost for, you know, an extreme year. Uh, Cause I think that that is a good point by Jeff. Um, you know, the hourly cost is one thing, but what might this cost over a whole season? Do, do you think you might be able to find be able to get those numbers? Well, I mean, what, we, what I could do is I could go by, by you know, the, what National Weather says is the average snowfall for the metropolitan Boston area, which I believe is like around 40 inches. All right, but I mean, I'll get the exact number. Um, you know, we've had some years that, you know, we've only had half of that. And then other years, I mean, you know, we can get, you know, better. Um, but, you know, we could get get that and then try to come up with, you know, like I said, a, you know, a better cost um, of our fine tune at what, you know, what it would roughly cost. Um, you know, what, what, what's concerning is, you know, and I say this all the time, uh, being, being in the business, all right, um, you know, like the December storm, uh, you know, we got hit, we, you know, we plowed, we moved, and we moved on and, you know, that was it. Three or four weeks ago, that we had this storm art that would just stop. Um, it was like three days around the clock. It kept a very light snow. It was really a non-plowable event per se. You would not want to have, you know, or you couldn't use a contractor in on that. Um, but storms like that are more costly, believe it or not, because I, you know, you're, you're on our respect because you're also putting down more de-icing material, all right? The truck is the same whether he's plowing two feet or he's salting, but when he's plowing, he's not putting the material down, all right? But that's, you know, storms like that are very costly. Um, and even if you had a storm uh, that was, you know, three or four inches that you knew was gonna be plowable, same thing. It all depends on the length of time, okay, before it finishes the storm itself. Got it. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I will follow up with you before our next meeting, but if, if you could try to give us an estimate for, you know, a season based on average snowfall uh, for, our, for our next meeting, I think that would be incredibly helpful. And I'm, I'm very hopeful with the numbers that you presented today that it's something that the city can, can do. Mm -hmm. 
Great. Thank you, Commissioner. Um, and, I, and that moves to the third section, which Jeff was, uh, Jeff was eager to get at, um, which is the enforcement structure and practices. Um, so just a little bit of a summary. I know I mentioned it earlier, but from our last conversation, um, looking at a ticket and fee structure that better encourages compliance with the ordinance um, without being overly punitive, um, shifting uh, fines uh, to property owners uh, from current language on tenants. I think Commissioner Karen's point around absentee lands really kind of drives that point home um, that, you know, they each just kind of bounce it off of each other. And we and the property owners don't have to take it on because the ordinance doesn't require them to currently. The third piece was a discussion around corners and crosswalks. Um, and then there was also a question around having enough staff to ensure enforcement. Um, so I don't know if we, if we want to take on, um, I mean, I think there was agreement last time about moving the fine structure to property owners from the current language regarding tenants. Um, I, I want to kind of poll my fellow counselors. Is that something that we generally agree with? I believe there was agreement with that, but there was other language. And I, I don't know if you're able, Zach, to put a copy of the ordinance up on the screen. Yes, that, I think I can. Because I happen not to have it in front of me tonight. Uh, but there was a section that stated whenever snow or ice accumulated on sidewalk. Um, and I believe we wanted to address that tenants, occupants, or owners of the property uh, would be responsible. Now, that has nothing to do with the fining which would go to the property owner. This would just require that anyone living in the unit would, or, or the house would be responsible for the snow removal. So this is a copy, I think, of the, this is the current ordinance. Uh, I don't know if you can see my, this paragraph here is the current ordinance as um, it shall be the duty of the tenant or occupant um, and in the case of no tenant or occupant, the duty of the owner, that's the current language. The proposed language, um, it changes it to just the owner. And you're saying the tenant, occupant, or owner uh, was the language that we discussed last time, but only as respects to this paragraph, not with respect to the fine. Correct. And I, um, Councillor Falco? I, I, I'm fine with that, that wording. Uh so the, so the owner is responsible for the fine, right? I just want to make sure. That That is the intent of, okay. of um, trying to define for this section for residential property owners. Yes. Okay. So under this language, the, the fine would still just be going to property owners. Okay. Um, I can't see the entire group. Um, I think Steve, Steve, yeah. Steve Pompeo. Oh, I've got Ellery and Steve. Okay, I'll go to Steve first. Name and address for the record, please. Uh, thank you, Councilor. Uh, Stephen Pompeo, 18 Newton Road, Medford. And uh, yeah, I, I think you've already covered at this point, but I did just want to uh, uh, make sure we're on this because the, the original language did have tenant or occupant is responsible. And I think we discussed that in terms of responsibility should change. It can be added that owner also is responsible. Uh, the thing I pointed out was that if, if you remove tenant and occupant and only had the owner responsible, um, 
you may get more fines, but you'd get a lot less um, snow removal because then even the, the landlords wouldn't even have uh, much teeth to be able to um, have their occupants or tenants participate in this. So you'd have occupants and tenants basically doing nothing and owners only responsible and it just wouldn't get done either because as you could there aren't that many uh, shovel is available. So if, if you left it just to the owners, there just wouldn't be enough sidewalks being shoveled. So it's, it's, I think it's fine to leave in there that the, the tenant and occupant as well as the owner are responsible for the removal. Uh, of course, the fining is fine to fine to the owner because that's really the only way you can uh, get the fine properly assessed. And then if an owner gets a fine, then that can be between the owner and their tenants and their lease as to whether they're, uh, they're uh, reaching their co lease contract. That's be between the owner and the tenant. And this would apply to residential as well as co commercial. Thank you, Mr. Next, I'm going to go to Ellery Klein. Name and address for the record, please. Hello. It's, is that working now? Yeah, yes, you are on. <laughs> it's getting weird messages. Uh, it's Ellery Klein, 37 Fells Avenue. And... Um, so I would just like to make the opposite argument, actually. I own a two-family uh, in East Boston, and um, I've been advised by my realtor that actually in the state of Massachusetts, you can't put in a lease that the tenant has to shovel, that this is by law. I, I can't remember if it was Boston or Massachusetts. I think it was Massachusetts, but you can't make a tenant shovel. Um, and in general, I think that you know, I'm a property owner myself and I make sure I'm obeying, you know, the laws of the state. And I think that just by making it clear that the owner is responsible, it just puts the responsibility squarely on one party. And that party is a commercial entity that, you know, by owning a property, you take on the responsibility of a property. You can't handle that. You shouldn't own property. You know, you got to pay the water bill and all the other things. So I would say, I think it makes it very clear and it's pretty standard. Boston mostly the owners, you know, would be required to shovel. So I think I would make the opposite argument that, you know, I actually have a verbal agreement with my own tenants that they will shovel, but it's not in the lease. So I don't pay somebody to shovel because I've communicated with my tenants and they say they'll do it. They let me know if they're going to be out of town, but I know that it's my responsibility to do that. And so I would push actually to just make it very clear and enforceable and keep it on the owner of the property. So that's my take on that one. Thank you. I'm gonna to go to Jeff Buxbaum next, name and address record. Or you've already given your address, so just when I unmute you, go ahead. Thank you, Councilor Bears. I, I, I'll make the same argument as Ellery. It feels, and I'm not an attorney, and, and maybe we you know, let the city attorney kind of look at it when it gets to that point but it feels like by putting all those different people in that first section about who might be responsible, it makes it so very unclear. And then you come back around at the end and say, well, the owner's gonna pay the fine. They're gonna have to have that conversation anyway. So I would really rather make it clear. And actually just going back to what Brian Karen says earlier that a lot of the people that aren't shoveling are you know, landlords that don't live there. Um, you know, 
part of this is the communication of, okay, it's your responsibility to do so. I, I would strongly suggest that we make it very clear in that first paragraph that it's ultimately the owner's responsibility. That's all. Thank you, Jeff. And I'm going to go back to Steve Pompia. Thank you. Uh, no, I, I mean, I, I wish I could agree with that 100% too, because I think it makes sense in terms of who should be responsible. But I'm trying to look at this from the perspective of what we're trying to accomplish here, which is getting more sidewalks shoveled. And if you look at the, the timing and the math of any fine you put in here, if, if the biggest um, violators are absentee landlords that may own multiple multifamily houses, uh, you could do the math and find that it would be cheaper for them to uh, take their chances, roll the dice. Um, they may physically not be able to even get themselves or people to shovel, uh, but they could roll the dice and, and wait and see whether they get any fines. Uh, maybe they'll get a fine, maybe they won't, because it does give them, uh, first they get a warning, then they have time to do it. So somebody has to follow, somebody has to, make a complaint, issue a fine or issue a notice and then follow up to issue a fine. So I'm just trying to be realistic here. Uh, other cities like I know Malden keep uh, that language about the, the tenant and the occupant in there. And if, if what Jeff and um, Ellery are saying that it's, it's not legal to put in a residential lease them, then the only way you'd get tenants and occupants pitching in would be if it were in the city ordinance. So the Sydney audience might help get more hands on deck, which I think is the goal of this. I don't think the goal here is to, to, to um, generate fine income. The goal is to get sidewalks cleared. So I'd like to find a way to keep it similar to Malden's where uh, the tenant and the occupant is responsible uh, along with the building owner. And if there's some other, some way to handle the language to make it, uh, to make this a, a functional ordinance uh, and make the finding on, on the owner. I know with commercial leases, uh, I'm sure there's no problem putting that uh, into a commercial lease. There may be laws against it on residential leases, but with commercial leases, you could, same thing, have buildings that are owned um, by non-owner occupant building owners out of town. Uh, they may let their, the front of the building just go on unshoveled and, and, you know, and maybe it's cheaper for them to pay the fine than it is to try to get somebody to shovel their uh, their walkway. And so again, you're just gonna have people slipping and falling on these sidewalks. So it's already says it's the tenant's responsibility in, in our current ordinance. I don't know why we, we, we would remove that. Thank you, Mr. Hey, I'm gonna go back to Mr. Sorry, Mr. Buxbaum one more time. And then hopefully maybe the, the three counselors can, uh, we can try to figure out a pathway. Yeah, no, that, that'd be great. Uh, yeah, we just definitely want to get the walks cleared. I don't care about the money um, for that. Um, just, just the clarity, just the clarity of it. And, and just one thing, as Ellery was talking, I, I, it may not be legal to just put the burden on the tenants, but I got to believe it would be legal to transfer the responsibility to them in uh, if they get paid. So for example, if you get a break on the rent and say, okay, well, your rent's supposed to be a thousand dollars a month. It's going to be, you know, 950 because now you're responsible for showing it's possible that that might be something that could be done. The landlords and the tenants are going to figure out how to, to handle this. And I'm sure 
other cities have done that. So um, I, I guess I would defer again to the city attorney about what's going to be enforceable on how this goes. And as long as we get this done, I'll be very happy. Thank you. Okay. I'll go to Ellery one more time and then I will, we'll go back to discussion. Yeah, just one quick comment, which is that I think you could also definitely make a legal distinction between a commercial property and a residential one. I just think the burden that you're putting on a tenant is way different than a commercial client. I mean, someone who owns a store in downtown Boston is just more physically able or in some way to shovel versus people living in a three family. So I just think it's always better to put a burden like that on a, a residential property owner. So I would just, yeah. Thanks. Thank you, Ellery. Um, interested in what my fellow counselors think. Um, you know, Councillor Marks seems to be, not to put words in your mouth, but you know, you spoke up in favor of the tenants, occupants uh, or, or owners. Um, Councillor Falco, I'm wondering what you're thinking on the matter. Well, uh, first and foremost, I didn't know about the uh, uh, piece that Ellery had mentioned about writing it to the lease. So that's so. Thank you for bringing that to our attention, and uh, you know, we should probably definitely um, check with Kim as well, um, just to make sure. I think Jeff had mentioned that, so I think that's a good idea. Checking with uh, a listen to Scanlon. Um, Sorry, the police just pulled over someone in front of my house. I see blue lights everywhere. Um, as far as the, um, I, I do agree that the burden should be with the owner property. Um, I think that, uh, you know, what agreement, you know, if they have an agreement between uh, the tenant as to whether or not they're going to shovel, that's between them. Um, so I, I'm completely fine with that. But the burden should be on the should be on the owner to determine who's going to shovel this block. Okay. Um, I think that puts us in, a, in an interesting spot. Um, so currently, I, I was thinking, you know, I don't necessarily disagree. I, I can see where both sides are coming from. Um, How do you feel? <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I'm trying to. I'm like, I'm like right in the middle. Um, <laughs> I can I can see. I agree that the owner should be responsible. So maybe, um, is there a language that we could do to say, you know, the owner is, is responsible, but can work with tenants and occupants, but should, you know, tenants and occupants should work with the owner to make it expedient. Um, because I, that's just kind of where I'm coming down on this personally. Like I don't, I see there's value in including the words tenants and occupants somewhere in here but I'd like to do it in a way that makes it clear that the owner does have the final responsibility. You know, I mean, is it, is it something where we want to make sure we have, you know, Kim at a meeting to, you know, give us some guidance on this with regard to what, you know, legally we can put in this and what we cannot. Yeah. I think that makes sense. I actually had a, a motion that I was thinking about proposing um, kind of towards the end of this, um, section um which i'll just say it now um which is basically i was going to make a motion that we ask the city of solicitor to review the review the proposed language um one to 
make property owners responsible for snow removal. Um, two, to look, uh, explore if model lease language for tenants to participate in snow removal is legal. It sounds like that may not be. So I'd be open to changing that to um, propose language to include tenants and occupants in snow removal. Um, but also making it clear that there's primary responsibilities with the owner. Um, and then I also wanted to see, to ask the solicitor to look at neighboring communities for model language around clearing crosswalks and corners. Um, and also to uh, look at, and I was hoping we would talk about crosswalks and corners in a minute. And I also wanted to look at um, the enforcement structure. Um, hopefully we can come to some principles around that. I know it's you know been a little more than an hour, but I'd, I'd like to look at crosswalks and corners um, and the enforcement structure. So would folks be comfortable if we looked at those and then came back to a motion asking the city solicitor to look at a few different items, including this uh, item around ownership? I don't think. Okay. So I will, I will, as we're talking, I will also try to tighten up that language and send it to the clerk uh, so that he can, he can read it. Um, but the next item, Mr. and Mr. we will... Cameron. Yep. Jim, before you type that up and send it to me, I, I, I tried to transcribe what, while you were saying it. So um, save yourself some typing. I'll read what I have at the end and, and we, can, we can tweak it as necessary at the end. Got it. Thank you. Um, the next item was crosswalks and corners. And I know that there was, um, you know, it doesn't necessarily, I think there's kind of two pieces to this. One is if you can't get access to the sidewalk, even if it's clear because the crosswalk or the entranceway is blocked, that's a serious issue. Um, and, but there was some concerns about how to address crosswalks and corners. Um, at our last meeting, there was language discussed by Matt Barron, who was at our meeting. Um, I don't know if my fellow counselors have want to talk about crosswalks and corners or have comments on that before we kind of come to some sort of next step or agreement on it. I see Councilor Marks is unmuted. I, I didn't know if we just want to go through the actual language in the ordinance um, rather than having the discussions. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm open. You know, I, I thought we may have arrived at some language that if it was over a certain amount of snow, then it would no longer be the re direct responsibility of the homeowner. Uh, you know, when we're talking about potential intersections that could have upwards to two or three of uh, icy snow and that would be unreasonable to request uh, homeowners uh, to try to dig that out. Uh, you know, so I, I thought we were talking about some language regarding the amount of snow. Yep, that I didn't have that in my notes, but now that you mentioned it, that is what I recall. Um, and that did seem to make sense to me. Um, let me see if I can share the screen again. Try to put this in a little more of a readable format for everybody. Um, so yeah, the, the, the language here is, uh, the, and this was around the entrance to pedestrian crosswalk abutting the sidewalk. And as your suggestion, Councillor Marks, uh, saying, you know, if the storm is, you know, uh, putting the amount of snow in there. Well, I, I think that was, was mentioned by the uh, person from uh, the Boston, uh, I, the name escapes me. I think it's the name you just mentioned. Um, that mentioned other communities handling that, that form that if it's above a certain amount, 
of snowfall that it then becomes the responsibility of the city and no longer the homeowner. You know, if, if someone can go out and shovel, you know, two, three inches of snow and also clear the intersection, someone can cross, use the crosswalk, to me, that's not asking a lot of residents. The same as, uh, you know, shoveling out a potential hydrant. But if you're asking someone to shovel out two feet of ice and snow or three feet of ice and snow that's been plowed in, I think that's a lot to ask. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense to me. Did you say the amount was six inches? Uh, I just threw out, I think, three, three or four, something that was uh, – I'm open to any suggestions. Can't see everybody. Councillor Falco, do you have a thought on the matter? I'm not really sure how we would determine the the amounts. <laughs> um, that that part, I'm not really sure. I mean, I mean, I know three to four inches to me doesn't sound like a lot of snow, but I mean, it's so you know. So I would. That's just me, but <laughs> I don't know, man. And I should. So you mean if. If uh, if it gets to three or four inches, then the owner is not responsible. And then it, is is that what you're saying, Councilor Bears or Councilor Marks? We're, we're talking about corners now. So correct. So if, I'm sorry. Corners. If you had three or four inches on a corner, the homeowner would be responsible. As we know, the city plows to a lot of our corners, yep. uh, and the corners are no longer three or four; they're three or four feet, maybe depending on the storm. Or, you know. So th those are the concerns that were raised to me when this was proposed. Um, and I think they're valid concerns. Okay. No, no, no. That's, it's a significant concern. I know I'm close to a corner that's right near a bus stop. And I know that when it snows hard, thank, thank God the, the, the person that lives in the corner has a snow, snow blower. And he usually does his best to, you know, clear it out and make sure there's a safe spot for kids. Um, but I think... Um, as far as the amount of inches, uh, yeah, I, I don't know how we would determine five inches. You know, I mean. Seeing some hands again, I'm going to go back to Jeff and then we'll go to Steve Pompeo. Yeah, this is the tricky part. This is where it gets to be the intersection of what we'd like to put in an ordinance and what the city can reasonably accomplish, right? So, you know, ideally it would be the homeowners or, you know, making sure that the crosswalks are cleared. But then what's going to happen is that the plow is going to come and dump, you know, ice and snow in the crosswalk that they just shoveled and it's, you know, two feet high. And that does seem pretty unreasonable to make them do it. But then are we saying the city, you can call somebody at the city and say, hey, you guys just plowed in the crosswalk that I cleared. Now it's up to you to come and clear it. Is the city prepared to do that? That would be terrific. You know, you have a hotline for clearing the, 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 the crosswalks. Because otherwise what's going to happen is, Nothing, you know, they'll just remain plowed in. So I, I guess as, as Brian is going through his estimate of how much it will cost to do the strategic uh, streets, you know, maybe it's how much would it cost to have, a, have people that would go shovel out crosswalks when they get plowed in. Or having the adequate, you know, policies that say the plows won't ever plow in the crosswalks. So, so Mr. Mr. Chairman, that's why this is important to, look at this as a multi-prong approach. And, and I think by taking the emphasis off the city because 
let's face it, maybe over the years the city hasn't done a great job, uh, I think is, uh, you know, falling short of what we're trying to accomplish. And, and I think we do need to look as the city as a partner. And, uh, you know, if, if it is a, a change in how we do business in the community, I think that's what we need to recommend. Because I, I don't just believe altering an ordinance is going to provide additional safety in our community. And, uh, that, and, and that I believe that from the start. So I don't think just altering this ordinance, all of a sudden now we're going to have compliance because maybe we raised fines or maybe we put the responsibility on homeowners now and not as much in the city. And uh, so I, I think what we have to do is, is, is look at this. You know, th this has been around for a little while now. And uh, I, I want to make sure whatever I put out is a product that I can be comfortable with that is going to accomplish our goal and not just a feel-good thing to say, hey, look what we did. We just created a new ordinance. Or, hey, look, we just updated our ordinance. Because, in my opinion, the number of tickets that were issued under the old ordinance, you could probably count on one hand. And, you know, much of it is compliance. Much of it is policy and procedure within DPW and how we can uh, recreate or um, better our policies and procedures to address uh, the needs in the community. And that hasn't taken place. This is no reflection on Mr. Kerens. He does an excellent job. But that hasn't taken place in this city. We haven't had those roundtable discussions. And so I'm, I'm just, you know, because I've talked to Jeff a bunch of times about this. And, uh, you know, I know he wants to put through an ordinance. Uh, but I want to cross something that's going to be mindful of uh, what our goals are and not just to put together an ordinance to say we put together an ordinance. Um, and if that involves bringing in the city as a partner, if that involves bringing in residents and saying, hey, we're going to ask a little more of you now than we have in the past, we have to have those discussions. Um, and, you know, so, uh, you know, I'm not going to support anything that just is uh, a quick fix because this has been going on far too long. I don't have to preach to the choir. Uh, many of the people that are on this uh, Zoom call uh, have been advocates for many years. But I, I just don't want a quick fix of uh, an ordinance that uh, is going to do nothing more than increase fines. And as Mr. Pompeo mentioned, uh, not get the results that we're looking for, which is the connectivity that we talked about, about having 52 miles of stretch in our community of sidewalks that are cleaned by a private contractor, something the city can't accomplish. It, it, I mean, let's face it, our DPW is depleted right now. Three quarters of our, uh, our snow plows are outside contracts, contractors that we hire. Um, you know, so I, I think we have to look at this in a multi-pronged approach and, and not settle just for an ordinance because that's not going to do it. It's not going to do it. I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but it's not going to do it. Yeah, and I think, you know, that's kind of the intent here is how can we, um, at least how I'm, I'm looking at this is I think, you know, I agree. We have to, I think we're having some of those discussions. I think it's very encouraging looking at the priority sidewalks as a way for the city to step up. Um, I think, you know, this could, this issue around corners could be another place, you know, saying, you know, residents, we're asking you to do this in, in some cases where it's manageable, but the city will take this on in other cases. And I think, you know, at least putting that down on paper and then being able to have the discussions from a common, you know, shared understanding, um, you know, it's not, I, I, I would hope that at that point, it wouldn't just be changing the ordinance, but it would be changing how the city is communicating this to residents, 
uh, changing, you know, it seems like we have some commitment to at least look at changing city practices around sidewalk clearance, um, around clearing corners and sidewalks. So that's what I'm trying to move forward with here. Um, you know, I think some of it's going to involve changing language in, in the ordinance. Um, and I think we're going to keep talking through that. Um, but, but I think by doing that, we can also encourage changes, those other changes that you're talking about to actually make sure this is a change in practice and not just a change in uh, the language that's in the ordinance. Um, so, you know, I, it, it's getting up till eight o'clock now. Um, I don't know if people, if, if we just want to ask the city solicitor for comment on the questions around uh, ownership and responsibility for tenants, uh, as well as the issue around corners and maybe looking at this language around accumulation. Um, I do see two raised hands. Um, so I'll go to Ellery and then Martha, and then maybe we can think about how to wrap this up. Oh, is Steve, Steve, are you still raising your hand? All right, I think you were first. So I'll go to Steve and then Ellery and then Martha. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I'll, I'll be quick. Uh, when you present that to the city solicitor, maybe as Ellery mentioned, uh, we uh, have separate language for commercial versus residential, maybe, and put a little bit more onus if, if you can't legally do it on the residential side, on the commercial side, so that the, the store owners who are right there and that the sidewalks are servicing business and they're only responsible for maybe a you know, 10 foot wide section, um, maybe if, if that can be done legally with commercial. So you might have to divide this into two separate sections. So if you could have the city solicitor consider that, that's um, that good. The other thing I know the, the discussion on the in, number of inches, I'm just wondering if, if in that uh, section A, you just say whenever snow or, or ice naturally accumulates when we're referring to um, crosswalks so that um, whoever happens to live near a crosswalk doesn't feel so burdened by living by it that, that they, they don't have to remove naturally occurring uh, accumulating snow, no matter how deep it is, because it's mother nature who created the height, but it might be a city plow that put it back there after they had our rubble. And it doesn't seem fair, right, to make them um, keep doing it. Uh, so maybe rather than inches, make it uh, naturally accumulating snow. Those are my two suggestions uh, for tonight. Thank you. Ellery, go ahead. All right, um, just a quick comment. I think the original reason we started pushing this was that we were told that the ordinance as it stood was not enforceable. So when we say there were never any tickets, I think part of the problem was the language of beg that actually couldn't really be enforced. Um, so one of our goals was just to make sure that it was clear and enforceable. And I totally agree. I think it's great we're having these discussions because we do want to find the balance between pushing people to do it and you know, realistically assessing what the city can handle. So it's great that these discussions are happening and I hope we can continue it. Um, and lastly, just to say in a positive vein that I think um, um, uh, Mayor Brianna has done a great job on taking on more of the education aspect, like you said, multi-pronged approach and educating and making sure people even know it's their responsibility is a huge part of that. And I've seen just in Fulton Heights this year um, from Mayor Brianna, just putting more word out there, you know, putting posts on Facebook and things in the bills. Um, I've seen properties that I haven't seen shoveled 
in all my seven years here on Fulton Heights get shoveled this year, like a couple of them at least. One of them is a huge corner that was a major problem um, on the hill here on Fells Avenue because I'm on the on the steep part. So, you know, I think we've already seen the positive results that just having a more outreach and education about what people's responsibilities are is effective. So I just wanted to, to, to remind people of that. Thank you. Thank you, Ellery. Um, and we'll go to Martha next. Name and address for the record, please, Martha. I'm Martha Andres. I live at 45 Kilgore Avenue in Medford. Um, I just wanted to say that it would be interesting to uh, that it's great to get a price for estimating purposes on the 52 miles of double sidewalk arterial street. But at some point we should tweak that and make sure we're looking at the the right 52 miles of street, because some of that may not be as important to have walkable as some other streets that are, say, close to schools or close to uh, business districts. So that will need some tweaking. It would be also interesting to know how many of the crosswalks um, are within that 52 mile that we're contemplating having the city plow with a loop sidewalker kind of plow. Um, because it may be that the crosswalks we need cleared are within that that particular set of streets and aren't um, aren't outside of it. And the third thing I would add is at some point we should uh, find out how private ways are affected by this. Um, I, I know there's a lot of confusion in Medford about private ways and what the city does and doesn't do there. So thank you. I'm very encouraged by this whole effort too. It's more progress than we've seen in a long time. Thank you, Martha. And I see Councillor Marks. So, so Mr. Chair, Martha is absolutely right. The, uh, the intent of the uh, sidewalk, clearing the sidewalk was a priority sidewalk listing. So what we heard tonight, 52 miles, um, shocked me originally because I said, wow, that's a lot of miles of sidewalk. And, and that's why originally we proposed 10, 15, 20 to see what that would cover. Um, but I, I think you're 100% right. The closer we get to finalizing something, we have to take a look at what's priority in the city. And maybe we can consolidate that and take a look at uh, maybe uh, our efforts on clearing out intersections and other areas or snow removal. The city doesn't do a lot of snow removal, so cutting snow out certain areas uh, into other areas uh, of, of the city where you can store snow. Um, so I think there's a lot we can look at, and, and I'm hoping that, you know, I, I know you guys have been working on this a long time, and it's frustrating because it's taken so long, but I'm hoping that we can put something forward that addresses all of our concerns that haven't really been addressed or looked at in a lot of years. Um, and you know, I've been on the council a lot of years, and uh, you know, we've done a lot of band-aid approaches, but uh, nothing real substantial. And this may be the first substantial offering uh, by this committee. And whatever we do, I want to make sure that uh, it's realistic and it works for everyone. Um, you know, the, the city's very diverse. Uh, Jeff, I, I know where you live, Jeff, because my mother lives two doors down from you, and you live on a street that. Uh, 
uh, you know, uh, is not highly traveled. Um, it's, you know, uh, easy parking for the most part. Um, so th there's, there's a lot of other concerns in other sections of the city that uh, need to be addressed. And I, th I think when we look at this approach, uh, it has to work for everyone in the community. Um, so that's one thing I'm going to be looking at to, to make sure uh, this addresses the entire community as well as this community. If we're going to look at priority sidewalks, how many times you go into the square and you get out of your car and you can't get up into a business because there's two feet of snow that prevents you from getting uh, into the business establishment. And, and that's what I talk about, cutting away snow or creating uh, a, a different approach in our business districts uh, to snow removal. Um, and, you know, so I, I think there's a lot. I, I'm, I'm eager to, you know, I appreciate Chairman Beers putting these meetings together. I, I look forward to even over the summer months uh, getting together and ironing something out, um, you know, uh, for hopefully next winter. Um, and uh, we have a unique opportunity now. Uh, we have a budget coming up. Uh, we have a capital plan of $107 million that, you know, uh, we can ask uh, to see if this can be a priority, which I believe it is a priority. Um, so uh, I think we have a unique opportunity in uh, moving this forward. Thank you. Thank you, Councilor. Um, Commissioner Kearns, do you think it would be possible when, you know, if you're going to look at an estimate around the uh, arterial roads that you've laid out, um, do you think it might be possible to also let us know how many crosswalks and corners that might clear? Um, and I think to a Councilor Marks' point, I'm not sure exactly how to do this, but let us know at least maybe how many how much of that road is in our business districts? How many, uh, sorry, that sidewalks would be in our business districts? Okay, well, I can answer the uh, second question, uh, Zach. All right, all of them. All of this is say from, from Haynes to West Medford to uh, Hillside. All of the, all of the, square, you know, the squares uh, are, are addressed in it. Uh, schools, uh, the high school, the Brooks School, uh, down at the McGlynn Andrews, uh, again, they're all either directly or going to those schools. Uh, the sidewalks are, are, are covered, you know, on that, on that as well. So, uh, just, just just as a point of information, and keep in mind, I mean, as far as the number of public ways, uh, public streets, if you would, okay, in this, there are 450 streets uh, that are public streets. I think it's like uh, 269, 270 private ways in the city as well. So, you know, it's, it's, it, this is a, a big picture that has to be addressed, but it's definitely a start. And by doing, like I said, the, uh, you know, the major thoroughfares in the city, uh, it would at least keep the city open at all times. Right? And keep in mind, right, a good majority of these streets are actual MBTA bus routes as well. All right, so uh, I mean, we're accomplishing, uh, you know, we'd be accomplishing an awful lot by going this way. Yeah, I think it'd be a, a huge improvement, and I, I really look forward um, to our next meeting and, and an estimate around that. Um, and just, you know, again, I, I think that's a great answer around businesses and schools. I think that was very clear that those would be included here, um, which is great. Um, and I, you know, I think just that question around crosswalks and corners, you know, if we're if we're hitting a lot of those with the on these arterial roads, I think that would be uh, a good start as well. Sure, I, I can get that for uh, you know the, the council. It's not a problem. 
Great. Um, Councillor Falco. Th thank you, Councillor Bears. Um, and uh, I just want to thank everyone for their comments. They're, they're all very good. Um, I, Ellery, I think you mentioned a great point about education and that's a huge part of it. So, you know, as we move forward and as we develop this and come to a final uh, ordinance, you know, education is going to be key and, uh, it, and she's 100% right. So we need to make sure we do that and do that effectively and look at all different kinds of options. Uh, Martha, you mentioned a good point about, you know, and I think Councilor Marks too about you know make, making sure that you know it's the right making sure that we're, we're taking care of the right areas as far as you know is fifty two miles is it is the right are we covering the right areas um, so I think that's key and that that was kind of what I was leading at before was um, you know are we doing sections that maybe really don't need to be done and should we be concentrating on other things which Councilor Marks mentioned you know maybe we should be looking more at snow, snow removal on crosswalk crosswalks in our corners. But uh, what I was wondering is, uh, Brian, if I'm correct, you said the arterial roads were the uh, street sweeping roads, and that's what we'd get, be getting up. Be, so it's basically those same streets, and we're going to get a price off of that? Is that what you're yeah. saying? Yeah, and the reason I say, you know, say those streets is because they are the lifeblood of this city. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, you know, to, to get into a neighborhood, which, again, is just as important, where do you want me to start? What neighborhood? Yeah. Do you want me to do the number of streets first, or do you want me over in West Medford? Uh, mm -hmm. This way here, right, these roads are posted. It's accepted practice that these roads have to be cleared during a storm of vehicles. So, you know, why don't we start here, right? Uh, and, you know, you know, address all of these streets right, that we have. And, I mean, you know, again, you know, it's, it's like I had said, you know, you know, Washington Street, Winthrop Street, High Street, South Street, George Street, Harvard, Boston Ave. But it's just a snapshot, right, of, uh, you know, all of these streets. It's those types of streets that I'm talking about, Josh. Thank, thank you. I appreciate that. So, Council Beers, if I may, um, you know, and I'm not sure if you, uh, Council Marks, are agreeable to this, but I, I think it would be ideal to maybe get a map from engineering that highlights all the arterial roads. So we can actually take a look at this big picture and see what does this cover? Um, I know that when we looked at other issues, when we were looking at um, uh, developing an ordinance for, you know, marijuana, we had to take a look at different sites and we had to take a look at dist different districts and get you know, a 500 foot buffer. And it was interesting to get like a big picture of how this was actually going to work. I think, you know, if we had a map of all the high, uh, arterial roads that were highlighted, I think it'd actually be interesting just to take a look to see what's being done. Is are we really accomplishing what we want to accomplish? Are we getting it to the areas where schools are? You know, so I, I think that, you know, I would make that in the form of a motion that we get a map from engineering with, uh, you know, highlighted roads, all the uh, arterial roads that are highlighted, if we, if we can do that. Um, Mr. Uh, Mr. Mr. Clerk, too, but uh, Councillor Falco. Um, if I may read back, I think I, I wrote down, I think both of the ideas here for the DPW commissioner. Is it a motion that we request that the DPW commissioner provide a cost estimate for a full winter season for the proposed uh, priority sidewalk list and a, provide a map from the engineering department with arterial roads highlighted? That, yes, that's fine. Great. Is, is it, and I should have got Mark to add to that. Eh? Great. Do you have that, Mr. Clerk? I can send it to you. I did write it down. 
I am working on it, Mr. Chairman. Give me a quick second. This is what I have, and please edit as as necessary. Councilor Falco moved to request an estimate uh, from a, for a full season of clearing snow. Uh, and to further request a map from engineering with arterial roads highlighted. Sounds right to me. The estimate is from DPW, which I will add in there. Yep. And I'm sending you, I'm just going to send you what I wrote down too, uh, just if it helps at all. And I'm also sending you a motion that I'm about to read as well. Okay. Is there a second on Councillor Falco's motion? Second. All right. Um, Mr. Clerk, when you're ready, please call the roll. Mr. Chair, before he calls the roll? Yes, Council Marks. I, I also think uh, as we go along with this process that it would be helpful to get some type of feedback from the city administration uh, where we have Jackie on the call. And I think Jackie participated in the last few meetings. Uh, she understands the direction we're going in and some of the requests of this uh, subcommittee, I think would be helpful to get some type of response or feedback um, if we're going in the right direction. Um, and I think that would be helpful. Um, yeah, I don't know if Jackie, if you do you want Jackie to provide feedback now or Councilor Marks? No, no, not, not now. If Jackie can take that back and uh, just to see, uh, I think, um, you know, we can fill you in, Jackie, if uh, you need to be filled in. But I, I think you're aware of what we're trying to accomplish through an ordinance, what we're trying to accomplish through priority sidewalks, what we're trying to accomplish through a host of other initiatives. Um, and uh, I think it would be helpful to get, because this has to be an uh, endeavor that uh, is uh, likable to the mayor as well. Uh, I think we all understand that. So uh, I'd hate to spin our wheels and then uh, just have it run up against a brick wall. Um, so I think we should know where we stand as we move forward um, on this. That makes sense to me. Um, Jackie, are you at, an, at our next meeting? Would you be able to come back with that kind of update? Uh, Jackie had sent a text earlier that, that she had to step away from the meeting for a while. I'm not sure if she's if she has made it back. She is here, but it looks like she might be frozen. Oh, I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. Great. We can hear you. Can you hear me at all? Yes. We're on several meetings in my house, so the connection is a little bit split. I've been here the entire time to the conversation, and I will be sure we have an, uh, some feedback. Um, Dave Rodriguez was, I think, at the previous meeting, so between the two of us, we'll be able to. My I'm not. Again. <laughs> Yeah, we we uh, we got you in double speed. You sounded like like you're on us forward there. We'll get you. We'll get the update. I'll pass it back to the mayor. Great, thank you. Um, all right, that, I because I agree that that's definitely important. So thank you, Councillor Marks, uh, for for that. And that will be, you know, one of the major points in our next meeting. Um, and I'd also like to. I propose a motion and I just sent the language to the city solicitor. So hopefully he has it. I'm sorry to the city clerk so that he has it. Um, uh, the, the language is uh, the motion would be 
to request that the city solicitor review the proposed language in paper 20-573 and uh, one, determine the legality of including residential tenants and occupants responsibility for snow removal and leases. That does seem to be an important question. Two, to differentiate between residential and commercial properties, um, making commercial tenants and property owners responsible for, for snow removal. And three, to look at ordinances in neighboring communities for model language around uh, corners and crosswalks. And I'm just realizing there were some errors that I sent you, Mr. Clerk. So let me. Just read, Mr. Chairman, just, read, just, just tell me where you want me to correct the errors. That'd be, that'd be faster than resetting it to me. Yep. Um, it would be uh, take, take out the words and provide updated language. Um, right after paper 20-573 okay. and then uh, change the word responsibility uh, after commercial tenants and property owners to responsible and then change the word in number three from sidewalks to corners. All, all I could get out was the, was the deleting the, the risk on the responsibility part. So now what's the second piece you need to change? Uh, I, after commercial tenants and property owners, it should say responsible, not responsibility. Okay. Got it. Hang on. Okay, I got it. And then on number three, instead of sidewalks and crosswalks, it would say corners and crosswalks. Okay, hang on. Okay, do you want me to read it back? Yes, please. Chairman Baer has moved that the committee request that the city solicitor review the proposed language in paper 20573-21, determine legality of including residential tenants and occupants responsible for snow removal in leases. Two, differentiate between residential and commercial properties, making commercial tenants and property owners uh, responsible for snow removal. Um, so we're changing responsibility twice there. And then three, look at ordinances in neighboring communities for model language around clearing corners and crosswalks. Yes. Okay, got it. And is there a second on that? Second. Second. Great. Um, <laughs> so do we want to vote on, um, do we, I don't know if we even voted on the, the last motion. Sorry, I'm, I'm you did not we've been vote. on here for a while. You did not vote on the last motion yet. That was Kyle's motion to request an estimate from DPW for a full season of clearing snow and to further request a map from engineering with arterial roads highlighted. And that was seconded by Councilor Marks. Great, so let's vote on that one first. Okay. Should we take them I'm all Falco. together, Mr. Chair? Uh, if you want to take them well, all together, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. I've, got written up as, I've got them written up as two motions with, with, with separate seconds. I would ask that we take it up together. I don't think there's any opposition. Okay. can feel free to make the Councillor Falco's motion with Councillor Marks' second. Okay. You know, J Jeff is starting to fall asleep, so I want to make sure we end this. <laughs> so let's, all right, I'll, I'll do the roll call. This roll call will cover both motions. Thank you. Councillor Falco. Yes. Councillor Marks. Yes. Chairman Bears. Yes. All right, so we have some stuff there, and, and I also think at, at our next meeting we will get the update from the city administration 
And then it does seem, you know, we still haven't talked about the fines, which I think we will have to talk about eventually. And it seems like there may also be an opportunity to include, um, well, f- well, sorry, fines and enforcement. And then it seems like there may be an opportunity to potentially include some education and outreach efforts as part of this as well, maybe even directly within the ordinance. Uh, I, I don't know, but we could at least talk about that or outlining, you know, a way for the administration to put policies and procedures in place. So I think we've got gotten somewhere. I'm, I'm excited to meet more on this and, and move the ball forward. Um, anything else from any of my fellow counselors? No, just a motion to leave the paper and committee uh, pending those responses, Mr. Chair. Yes. Is there a second? Second. Mr. Clerk, when you are ready, you may call the roll. And while we're waiting, I just want to thank everybody, everybody who's here who's put time into this. Um, I know this is really important to a lot of people from different perspectives, and I hope that we can can make some progress. Um, and it's it's nice to have all these ideas and, and voices who can help us move this forward. So thank you for being here, and I hope we'll see you all again on the next meeting and hopefully invite your friends as well. Mr. Chairman, I'm ready for the roll call whenever, whenever you are. You may call the roll. Council Falco. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Dylan Bears. Yes. Motion to adjourn, Mr. President. Second. Wonderful. Mr. Clerk, you may call the roll when you're ready. Council Falco. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Dylan Bears. Yes. Thank you, everybody. We Thank will you. meet uh, again promptly on these items. Thank you.